Unless otherwise indicated, Ratchet Book Club is intended for a mature audience. Viewer discretion is greatly advised. Ratchet Book Club, Hood Classics, Good Classics, Derek. Um, so, Raunchy. I, I just want to say this for the record, that I feel badly for this girl. Like, I, I, I guess I'm supposed to, which is why I do, but still. I feel badly. The life that she has lived has been a dynamic hellscape of absolute worst-case scenarios that could ever happen to anyone. Like, let's be real. This is on some uh, Stanley Yelnats uh, great-great-grandfather, pig-stealing grandfather, didn't walk somebody up the hill past times 12. Times 12. Like, this is everything bad that could happen to somebody is happening to this little girl. And so she becomes a bitter little teenager. Teenagers are still little kids. I don't care what you say. If you think a teenager isn't still a little kid... Ask them their opinion on music and then just stand back. Also, that's that's also a um, real look at what y'all are teaching your teenagers, because my teenagers, you know, they're better than yours. But this girl is just and nobody cares. And it seems like everybody in the neighborhood is just like and I know it's D.C. And I lived in Waldorf and ventured into D.C. like every week. I worked at uh, a place off McPherson Square, and so I was in D.C., and it wasn't nearly as bad as it was. Everybody told me that it was much worse in the 70s and 80s, which I could say is the same for every area that I've been in because the hood was much worse during the crack ep epidemic, when crack was really hitting. Every, like... 20 years or so, it seems like some sort of drug is pushed through the hood and just fucks us up, don't it? Like heroin came through and kicked down the buildings. And then 20 years later, crack came through and kicked down the buildings. And now, you know, 2000 gentrification, gentrification came through and kicked down the buildings. And now it's just white people. White people are just like, huh, calling the cops on you like, huh, pointing you out to them like, huh. That, that's that's what's going on right now. But yeah, no, I just, I feel badly for her. And there's, it's, it's, it's an empathy that I'm sure is going to turn into an abject sorrow as time goes on because hurt people hurt people. And this girl had already left the baby sitting alone. I'm sorry, laying alone on the floor in her house. Not even at her mama's house, but just at her house. So I don't know. Present day, Green Door, Adult Mental Health Care Clinic, Northwest, Washington, D.C. Wait a second. Why would you leave a baby in the house by itself? Christina Zahn asked Harmony. Because it wasn't my kid. Fuck was I supposed to do? Harmony said, raising her voice. You don't see anything wrong with leaving a baby in the house by itself? No, she said seriously. If I did, I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> So you were very promiscuous when you were coming up. Why? It was one of the first things I was taught. How to have sex. From the time I was a little girl. Just so you know, masturbation is very common in children. And I'm sorry you had someone around you who took advantage of that. I'm sorry I was born. Remember, I said that instead of saying silence, because they say it a lot in this book. They say silence. And instead of saying silence, I'm just going to be silent. I'm just going to pause. 
But why give yourself to so many people when it was obvious Jace loved you? I I don't know. It felt like it felt like if I gave myself to as many people as I could, that they would want me and make me feel good about myself. What was Khalid's relationship with you about? Me and Khalid were the same. He had a fucked up life and so did I. I think that's why we're so close. At first, anyway. At first? Yeah, things started to change between me and him pretty quickly. Do you know why? No. Plus, I was too busy worrying about my own problems. Where was your uncle during all of this? You know, it would take me a long while to find out where he was. And when I did, it was almost too unbelievable to be true. Christina shook her head in disgust and said, continue with your story. Why shake your head in disgust at that statement? Like everything else that she said so far, and that's what you shake your head in disgust at? Also, I am hoping, just hoping, just hoping, that her uncle's dead. That Callie killed him. Hopefully, that'll be great. You know, take that nigga out to the ball game and then never bring him back home. Summer of 1988, Southeast Washington, D.C., McDonald's, Harmony. Bitch, I'm not your babysitter, I yelled at Melanie, who was looking at me like she was crazy. You better get out of my face with all that shit and go talk to Lola's ass. Listen, all this shit you're doing, you can save it for another time. Now take your stupid ass in the back and get my food, Jace shouted. Wait, Jace, do you know exactly what's going on here? Like, do you know that she left that kid on the carpet at the house? No? No, you didn't know that? Okay, just checking. Also, they spelled Jace, J-A-C-E, throughout this book. But right here, they spelled it with an S. So I'm just pointing that out. Because if they're switching back and forth, that'll be fucked up. I ain't seen that shit since the cartel. Nunu, go make his shit right quick, Melanie told the light-skinned cashier. I'm about to call my mother and find out what's going on with my baby. And if I find out you did something to her, I'm going to fuck you up, too. Fuck you and that weed-smelling baby, I yelled as she was walking away. We waited in the drive-thru for two minutes, and I could feel my stomach rumble. I hated that if she stepped to me, I'll be forced to fight. Let's go to another drive-thru, Jace. Plus, she probably spitting in your food. That constitutes at least one loogie. Like, maybe two. A booger in your soda, like something, a, something, something. I will make you a strawberry, you asked for a strawberry milkshake. I will put a booger in your strawberry milkshake. And just blend it in. Just mm, so you would never know where it was located at. So then when you drinking your milkshake, you drinking snot. Also, my daughter's mom, not my beloved wife, but my daughter's mom. Good people. Good people. Taught me a song when I was much, uh, when we were younger. And can't get it out of my head. So now you can't either because it has to do with snot. Everybody, everybody's doing it, doing it, picking in their noses and chewing it, chewing it. They say it's candy, but it's not, it's not, it's not. Then I grew up, sometimes. We can go to another drive-thru if you're scared. I'm not hardly scared. Five more minutes passed when I glanced in my rearview mirror. Melanie was leading a pack of six girls and they were moving quickly in my direction. Jace? We got a problem, I told him. He looked out his back window and shook his head. Fuck is wrong with this chick, he said as the girls approached the pasture side. Step out of the car, Harmony. Girl, you better get out of my face. My mother said you left my baby in the house by herself, she said, rolling her sleeves up. Fuck wrong with you. What kind of person would do some shit like that? Without waiting on my response, she flung my door open and grabbed me by my hair, pulling me outside. I was landing wild blow after wild blow until her friend started hitting and kicking me all over my body. I heard Jace try and get out, but the drive through window blocked him in. Fuck, I heard him say, I don't got time for this shit. Everything happened in a matter of seconds. Then I heard, get the fuck off her. Jason eased out through the pasture side door. I was on the ground, balled up covering my head and face. Suddenly, everybody stopped hitting me and I heard their footsteps go away. When I turned around, I saw the gun in his waist. Get the fuck in the car, Harmony. I got inside and he did too. The line at the drive-thru was backed up, but no one cared because of the show. Here's your food, Jace, Nunu said before we pulled off. 
Sorry about the confusion. What the fuck? You just sat there and was like, I'm going to make him a, I'm going to make him a double Big Mac. Like, I'm going to fuck him. I'm going to fuck him. Her, she getting a strawberry snot shake. But him, I'm going to rub his burger on my pussy walls. I'm going to put some period blood in his ketchup. Nigga, the book's called Raunchy. Like, what do y'all want me to say? Like, really? Y'all ain't never been around nobody who was like, you know how to curse a man to make sure they stay with you? And also, no fucking idea what they were telling me this. I guess they saw something in me that I didn't, that did not come to fruition. But you know how to make a man stay with you? You put period blood in the spaghetti. Nobody ever told y'all that shit? Okay, fine. Whatever. 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 He shook his head and pulled off. Please tell me you ain't do some hateful ass shit. I'll leave a baby in the house by itself. A cop was to the right of the drive-thru and he was giving somebody a ticket. The fucking cops are right there. What if they saw that shit? That bitch lying, Jace. What I like doing something like that? Drive the fuck home, Jace. Drive the fuck back to her house. Open up the door. See the baby. Say what the fuck. Drive the baby back to McDonald's. Put the baby in one of those high chair things that they got at McDonald's. Sit the baby in the high chair right next to the inside of the drive-thru window so that his mom can always see it and leave. That's problem solving. We were on our way out into the street when a long black limo blocked our path. When the door opened, I saw an older black man with an orange Hawaiian style shirt and some shades on step out. He looked powerful and threatening all at once. Jace appeared uneasy and gripped the handle of his forty-five a little tighter. When he stepped out, he slowly approached my side of the window and said, I don't mean to bother you, but I'm a little lost. Can you tell me where Kennedy Street is? After I told him where he needed to go and he got back in his limo, I was finally able to breathe. Is somebody trying to kill you? I said, looking at the limo pull off. You say, so leave it at that. He paused. Let's go get a room. He paused and silenced her the same thing. No, they're not. Okay, cool. Can we stop and get something to drink first? Yeah. You ain't going to go home and see if the baby's actually there, huh? None of that? Okay, cool. Five minutes later, we ended up at a cheap motel, not too far from McDonald's. When we walked in a room four, five, six, it smelled musty and old. Jace flipped the lights on to look around before looking out the window. Then he drew the curtains closed and sat down on one of the twin beds and gave me my food. Sit down, he told me as he sucked down his fries with one breath. Then he started chewing his hamburger. They put Mac sauce on it? I asked, eating my food too. Fuck you think? I laughed. It must be nice to always get what you want. I wasn't even worried about that shit she was spitting. She was going to give me my food. She was probably running all that shit because she saw you in my car. You know how bitches are. He paused. How's your face? It's fine, I said, touching the place they hit me. That bitch is so dumb. She really act like I was her baby father or something. Wait, she touched the place they hit her. They only hit you in one place and there was like six of them where they all concentrate in their hits. Here, punch her in her upper left thigh. Right here in between the knee and, and, and the upper hip. Like, don't hit her in the hip. Just hit her right here in the middle. We're going to give her a trolley horses. Just use your knuckles on your middle finger. Not your whole hand, just your knuckles. Just, uh, now that's a shiatsu massage that'll be $50 he took two more bites of his burger and it was done yeah she was tripping hard but I hate to see chicks fight it's not classy so you saying I don't have no class Harmony baby girl you are like school on Sunday no class whatsoever by the way that's me it's 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 not me. It's a thing. You know what? Fuck y'all. Y'all already know. You got to answer that question yourself, Harmony. I'm speaking about fighting in general, and I'm telling you what I like. If a dude wanted to see a chick all fucked up in the face, he'd fuck another dude. I laughed. What? Nothing. You funny, I said. He smirked and said, take your clothes off and get in the bed. I love how he was carrying it because after the shit with Melanie, I needed to be fucked badly. I was about to take my clothes off until I felt something oozing in my panties. Give me a second. I have to go to the bathroom, I said, taking my purse with me. Do you? When I walked into the bathroom, I was disgusted at how grungy everything looked. Sitting on the toilet, I looked at my pink panties and saw a lot of discharge but no blood. I took one of the hard white washcloths and ran some warm water on it. Then I softly rubbed the smelly discharge away.
After I was done, I dug in my purse for my pint of vodka. Downing most of it, my chest was warm and I was finally able to relax. So much was running through my mind. Paco telling me about Callie, Jace acting weird, Melanie and her weed-smelling baby, and the possibility that if I fuck Jace tonight, I could possibly burn him. But alcohol's amazing, because after five minutes, nothing really mattered. Wider, Jace. Shit was coming down hard on me. I'm doing more at 17 than most niggas do in their 40s. When I left my house today, I saw to it that the pool table was gone, and Bam's body was missing. Herb Dale's father owns a funeral home, which specializes in disintegration, so he was able to get rid of everything with blood on it, including the rug. Ain't that a convenient thing? I had already arranged through Crayshon's people to have new carpet put in the house, along with the new pool table. There was no way I could see staying in my house and getting my aunt mixed in my business. I had to move. With Massive trying to kill me and Callie not answering any of my calls, I had a lot on my plate. What did he do with the girl's body? And was her kidnapping going to be tied back to me somehow? Also, if this... At least in the book Addicted, they didn't try and act like the the woman who was addicted, whatever her name was, I don't bloody remember. But they didn't act like she knew what her husband was thinking. Like, we're going back in time. But this is the counselor asking... Harmony, what's going on in her world? Yet Harmony knows everything that's going on in Jace's world and in Jace's mind. And Jace is doing these little segments where he talks. But this is Harmony recounting what was going on. That's weird to me. It'll pass eventually. Maybe. Probably. Probably not. I doubt it. It ain't never going to pass. When she came back into the bedroom from the bathroom, she wasn't wearing any clothes and my dick got hard. When it came to the sex, she couldn't be fucked with and she knew it. She about to burn this nigga and she knows it. I wonder how it was possible for her to be so experienced and so young, but she never wanted to talk about it. Nigga, you mean did nobody in your family ever talk with nobody in the neighborhood when everybody else in the neighborhood was talking about her and her uncle and her grandmother and her uncle's history as a pedophile? Wasn't nobody in your family talking to you about your friend? That's why your auntie don't like her. I wonder how it was possible for her to be so experienced and so young, but she never wanted to talk about it. And for real, I'm not sure I wanted to listen. Lay down, I demanded, making a spot on the bed next to me. She looked disappointed, and I wonder what I said wrong. Now what's up? Nothing. I just thought she was going to tell me how I look. She walked over to me and got in the bed, throwing her clothes on the chair. Harmony, this is how I am, and you should know by now that I don't do a lot of talking, but you do look sexy. You know that. I guess I'm feeling this way because I don't know if we're back together. You're not telling me nothing. It's like you're avoiding me. We better than back together, and I'm going to leave it at that. I paused. It's a whole lot of I paused. Like, it ain't I said. It's I paused or silence. Nothing else. Now get under the covers. Better than back together? She wouldn't let up. If shit work out, I want you to move in with me at my new place when I come back from L.A. For real? Yeah. Now get under those covers and open your legs. She did. Wider. I ran my hands over her breasts and between her legs. Then I slowly eased into her pussy and she felt so fucking good. For now. For now, my nigga. She's... Hmm. She's got a surprise for you. Easing out of her, I pushed my dick back in deeper and was immediately sucked into her wetness. Harmony bucked her hips wildly and bit down on her bottom lip. Her nails met the skin on my back and we were fucking like we never fucked before. This was the best part about breaking up, the making up. Mm. I miss you so much, Jace, she told me. I was working the fuck out of her pussy when all of a sudden, I felt a lot of heat on the shaft of my penis. I thought I was tripping at first, so I continued to move in and out of her, but slowly this time. But the feeling wouldn't go away, and the sensation got worse, so I slowed down altogether. It would be I stopped altogether, not I slowed down altogether. You already slowed down. I don't feel good to you, Jace, she said, opening her eyes. Am I doing something wrong? Yeah, you feel good to me. You sure? Because you're not moving like you were when we first started. I said, yeah, I ain't. Stop tripping. 
Could she be burning that bad where I would find out right away? Or was I burning her? After all, I did fuck Brittany earlier this week and we didn't use a condom. I wasn't sure and was about to stop until I saw her crying. Like, I don't know, when two people are cheating on each other and they bring those genitals back together, does that form super virus? Like, I, I don't know how this works. What's wrong, I asked, stopping my motions. Am I hurting you or something? She wiped the wetness from her face and said, no, but I know you've been with someone else, Jason. It feels, it feels like you're not responding to me no more, like you don't like me or something. She sounded fake, but I couldn't be sure. That ain't hardly true. You know I'm feeling you. Yes, it is true. I couldn't stand to see her cry, so I tried to focus on fucking her now and deal with everything else later. Plus, I ain't never heard of no nigga being able to tell if a chick burned him or not right away. Listen, I was trying to let you get yours off first, but if you're concerned about me getting mine, that's exactly what I'm going to do. So I closed my eyes and tried to focus on her warmth. Her legs widened and I pushed deeper into her pussy. But the sensation was getting too bad and I decided I didn't give a fuck about her feelings anymore. Something was up. Harmony, something ain't right with you, I said, getting off her body. When I got up, I went to the bathroom. What? What do you mean? She asked, sitting up in the bed. My dick burning like shit. Have you been fucking somebody else? If I found out she was cheating, I'll know what I would do to her. What? She paused. Fuck no. Why would you say that? Because I ain't never experienced no shit like this when we fucked before. Well, maybe it's somebody else you fucking. What about that girl I hear you be rolling around in your car with? I leaned out of the bathroom, wiping my dick with a warm washcloth. It better be a fresh, hard washcloth that you put some wet water on. Otherwise, you just rubbing the cream in, dude. You just, you just spreading the mayonnaise. You just, you just feeling the flow. Yo, get your shit together. We about to go. I ain't going nowhere until you tell me what the fuck you mean. I then stay here. But if you don't have your shit on when I get ready to leave, you getting left. She picked up the Bible next to the bed and threw it at me. I ducked. Fuck you. You're the one cheating on me and now you're trying to blame me. If that would have hit me, I would have dropped your ass. I hate you, Jace, she cried getting out of bed. If you wanted to break up with me, you should have just broke up with me. No need to lie. The moment I was about to tell her how I really felt, two niggas kicked open the motel door. Ah, she screamed, cowering in the corner. I rushed for my gun, but realized I left it in the car. Why would you leave your gun in the car, my nigga? Like, what? Get on the floor, nigga. Now, one of them said to me. After the two of them came in, I saw a third man. It was a nigga from earlier at the McDonald's. I should have went with my instincts and shot him when I had the chance. Now it was too late. I mean, but let's be honest. Nigga, are you scared of somebody you don't even know what they look like? Like, really? Like your daddy didn't say, hey, man, this nigga coming to get you. Massive coming after you. Uh, By the way, you ain't never actually seen the nigga before. So here's how he looks. Here's what you should be looking for. I'm going to send you a picture, my nigga. I'm going to mail it to you because there's no email because it's like 1988. I'm going to fax it to you. It's going to be real blurry and, 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 and dark and you ain't going to be able to tell shit. You're just going to be shooting at every nigga in D.C. because they all look like this picture. That sounded horrible. I don't feel bad, though. I got you, Harmony. I couldn't start crying in the pitch blackness of the trunk. They smacked me around a few times, but Jace was beaten so badly that his face was covered in blood and he was almost unrecognizable. As the car, which held us, rolled over DC's bumpy streets, my head knocked against everything within the dark trunk. The pain I felt was overpowering. It angered me to know that the man I had given directions to at the McDonald's was there for us after all. It angers me to know that nobody's picked up that baby yet. Chase, can you hear me? I whispered, hoping the kidnapper wouldn't hear my voice. Chase, please get up. I'm afraid. When he didn't respond, I figured I had to get us out alive because he wouldn't be able to do shit. I felt my surroundings with my hands, which were tied behind my back, and tried to see as much as I could with the light peeking in from the sides of the trunk. A long time ago, my father told me if I was ever kidnapped and thrown into a trunk, that I should try and knock the keyhole out and stick some material through it to alert people driving behind us that I was inside. 
And if that didn't work, I should use my fingers instead. This nigga told her a lot of stuff from birth through the age of five that she remembers really fucking well. Because you know what I remember from five? Yep. I was just a kid when he told me that, but I never forgot anything he said to me, even if I didn't always listen. How does that work? Also, what? That's convenient. Since my arms were duct taped behind my back, I felt some sort of long, hard tool on the right of me. I placed my body on top of it, and it felt like my back would break in half. Then I rubbed the tape of my wrist over and over on the edge of the tool until it was halfway torn. I could feel blood oozing from my back and hands, which was making it harder for me to cut the tape. But eventually, I got myself free. Once free, I started to untie Jace, but I didn't want to make too much noise, so he would have to wait. Focusing on the keyhole, whenever we rolled over a bump, I took the tool out and knocked it against the keyhole. For each bump we hit, I did the same thing over and over again until the keyhole became loose. Now I have more lights shining inside from the streetlights outside. And then it dawned on me. The car was riding differently. There were more turns, which meant we were in a residential area and on our way to never being found again. It was truly now or never. Nigga, we know you get found because you're talking to people like... In the now time. I saw a movie a couple days ago. It's a book movie, so I can talk about it on Ratchet Book Club because I'm never going to fucking read the books to y'all niggas. If I read the books, just forget that I said I'm never going to read y'all niggas the books. But it was a song of snakes and songbirds or a story of snakes and songbirds or the tale of rabbit and bird. I don't fucking know. But it was the Hunger Games prequel. And it's about how the president is a kid and has to mentor somebody in the Hunger Games and how the Hunger Games that he mentored were trash. And throughout this whole movie, he's like a good guy. He's falling in love with the person who's supposed to mentor, which is like not supposed to happen, but fuck it. You know, he's president, so whatever. And a um, whole lot of singing. Um, I read the book. I didn't watch the movie. So I can tell you in the book, there's a whole lot of singing. So that's really why I'm not going to read the book because fuck musicals. Uh, also, go see The Color Purple when it comes out or it's on video. Or if this is 60 years from when I wrote, when I read this and I'm dead, just watch it on whatever vid top thing you got. Um, but fuck musicals. Um, and so this guy was nice all the way through the book. Until about 30 pages left when they suddenly realized, oh, yeah, this nigga become the, 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 the president. He's supposed to be the evil dude. And they just made him mean for no fucking reason. But you knew he was going to turn mean because it's a prequel. You know what's going to happen because it's a prequel. When you do a prequel, it's a wrap. We know what's going to happen next. I banged harder on the keyhole and the car stopped completely. What the fuck? I heard someone mumble from the front of the car. Oh no, he heard me. I tried to position myself like he had me, but I knew it wasn't going to work. I was completely wet from my blood and sweat trying to set myself free. When the trunk opened, I squinted because the lights were blinding and all I could see was my abductor silhouette. I knew it was over, so I decided right then and there to just give up. But the moment I did, I saw cop lights behind the car. But the kidnapper was so focused on me that he didn't see them. What are you doing back here, bitch? Fuck you, I screamed as loud as I could. Help, help. He stole on me so hard in the face, I felt my teeth clank together. You gonna wish you ain't trying no slick shit with me, bitch. Who's gonna wish I ain't trying no slick shit, the cop said, walking up behind him. The kidnapper slammed the trunk shut, and I banged on the inside of the trunk hysterically. No one, officer, the kidnapper laughed. I was just talking to myself. I talk to myself because there is no one to talk to. People ask me why, why I do what I do. I'm singing that because this is 1988 and I feel like that song came out in like 1990. Who the fuck made I talk to myself? Was it Christopher Williams? Did he make that and I'm dreaming? Like that nigga had a lot of internal visions. It was Christopher Williams. I feel mentally vindicated. <laughs> is that even a thing? It is now. Anyhow. Where are you going? The officer asked the kidnapper. I'm just on my way to visit my sister. Well, what's that banging inside the trunk? Uh, nothing. Oh, yeah? Well, open it up. I want to see for myself. Officer, this really isn't necessary. 
Open the trunk, sir. I won't ask you again, the officer yelled. It was silent, and I was nervous. Something was about to happen, but what? Knowing this was my last chance, I kicked the trunk several times again and yelled, Help! Help! We in here! That was a brief silent period before I heard the officer say, He's going for a gun! What the? I heard another voice say, followed by a hail of bullets. I knew then that whoever wanted me or Jace wanted us badly enough to kill a police officer. When the trunk door opened, I knew our fate would be revealed. Court was held in the streets, and this was the verdict. I saw a shiny badge and exhaled when I saw the officer's face. He put the gun on his holster and said, Are you two all right? Sometimes, racism doesn't work out in your favor. But when it does, it's fucking sweet. That nigga probably wasn't reaching for no gun nowhere at all. He probably wasn't even reaching. He was reaching when he was like, I ain't do nothing, officer. Like the officer didn't hear the banging on the trunk. But past that, he probably didn't do shit. We were in the hospital for two hours before I saw six people walk up to Jason's room in a hurry. The only one I recognized were Callie and Tony Wap. Tony's muscles peeked from the side of his shirt and he talked smoothly. His accent was different from a DC accent because he was from LA. You alright? Callie asked, blocking my view of Tony. He's such a hater. Not really. I got cuts on my back and wrists. My head hurts pretty badly too, but I'm alive. I can't believe all this shit popped off tonight, I said, looking around him at Tony. Callie adjusted the leather strap he had on his back and said, At least you're safe, he said, looking into my eyes. I never understood why he went around town with a hatchet. Part of it was creepy, but the other part was bold and it kind of turned me on. Don't worry about nothing else though. I got you. Callie, where were you earlier? Jay said he was looking all over for you. Let me deal with that. I'm just glad you're alive. When I heard some niggas kick that door in, I almost lost it. I didn't know what Callie meant by the way he was looking at me. Plus, he was fucking cherry, so why was he all in my face? Don't get me wrong, I ain't got no problem fucking what I want, but him and I will never be like that. Tony all of a sudden walked up to me and said, I'm sorry you got mixed in this shit tonight, but I appreciate you getting my peoples out of that shit alive. I heard about that keyhole thing, too. That shit was smart. Callie looked at him as if he had just violated by speaking to me, and all I could think about was the way Tony would feel inside my pussy. I thought about fucking 24-7, and tonight was no different. But are you alright? Yeah, she fine, I got her. Callie interrupted. The fuck was he doing, I thought. Tony looked at him and then at me. I'm talking to her, cuz, he said, me mugging him. Yeah, but I was just telling you that I'm going to make sure she all right. Yeah, but that wasn't the question. And I wasn't even talking to you, homie. He paused. But we do have a conversation, do. What convo you got to have with me? We'll have it soon. Don't worry about that shit. He said, looking at me as if I had just violated a private meeting. With my cousin being down, I'm going to be the one looking after things. Whenever you ready, Callie said back. The two looked at each other with harsh stares, and I decided it was time to bring the attention back to me. So I said, is Jace going to be all right? Yeah, we cut from the same cloth. Don't worry about him. You just take care of yourself. I knew right then he was attracted to me as I was to him. Well, let me get back to my cousin. Callie, I'm going to holler at you. He paused, pointing his finger at his chest. Later. He walked away, giving him one last boss look. When Tony left, Callie said, go away from me in the lobby. I'm going to take you home. You shouldn't be out this late at night anyway. Can you please tell me why you acted like that just now? You acting like I'm cherry or something. What are you talking about? What am I talking about? You acting all possessive and shit. I don't like that, Callie. People could get the wrong impression. Hold up. You worried about somebody getting the wrong impression of you? What the fuck is that supposed to mean? I asked, putting my hands on my hips. Then I dipped, he dipped, we dipped. Harmony, go wait in the lobby and don't make me say it again. He said, pushing me towards the elevator. You don't need to be over here with all these niggas anyway. I was tired, and after the night I had, I really didn't feel like arguing. The next time you want to boss me around, make sure you put money in my pocket. You gonna make me tell you again to go wait in the lobby? He asked, ignoring my statement. He was acting real crazy and didn't look the same. Hurry up, I told him before walking away. I ain't waiting all day. 
I was a few feet away from Jason's room where Karen's overweight fat ass stepped in my path and said, what are you doing here? Overweight fat ass. Not only is that fat, what's it called? Fat phobia. But it's also redundant. Overweight and fat are synonymous. So overweight fat ass. Okay. Also, it being the 80s, her uh, ass probably looked like Nicki Minaj's ass without the BBL. She was probably perfect for the for the 2000 shot. Jason, my boyfriend, Karen, I said, and I was kidnapped with him. This is probably all your fault, and I don't trust you, so stay away from him. I'm not trying to hear none of the shit you spitting, but if Jace want me to leave him alone, that's between me and him. She looked at me like I shitted on myself and walked away. Tony walked over to her and hugged her, and they walked into Jace's room. But before she turned the corner, she made sure to look at me again. She had a major issue with me, and I knew right then that after the problem we had in the hotel, the only way to get Jace to stay with me was to trap him into a pregnancy. So I was going to do what I had to do. Callie and me were driving in silence for about five minutes before he said, You know I don't know what I would do if someone hurt you, right? Callie, why are you acting like this all of a sudden? I said, looking at him from the corner of my eyes. I don't know. I guess I was always feeling you, but you were so worried about Jace. He paused. When I was one who has and will kill for you. Kill for me? When? Remember that dog? The one you were scared of all the time? He paused. I did that for you. And I'd kill anybody else for you if you needed me to. All you gotta do is say the word. To tell you the truth, I always believed you had something to do with Dingo missing, but I never had hardcore proof until now. How's Cherry? I asked, skipping the subject. You go visit her yet? Yeah, she cool. You shouldn't be so serious about me, Callie. Plus, I don't want Jace thinking the wrong thing about us. I already don't think he's feeling our friendship. He was silent until he said, Jace my man and all, but he's not loyal like I am. He lets people come in the way of our family, like he don't care about me or something. Sometimes I feel like I gotta put him out of his misery for his own good. You scaring me now. Don't be scared, he said, staring out in front of him. I would never do anything to hurt Jace, unless I felt like he was gonna do something to hurt me first. He's my boyfriend, Callie. You gotta remember that. And I don't want nothing to happen to him. How'd you feel if something happened to me? Bad. Real bad. Who would you want to lie more? Me or Jace? Callie, stop asking me questions like that. Callie was scaring the hell out of me. His questions and responses were all over the place, and I didn't know where he was coming from. You're not in any pain, are you? That bruise on your face looks bad. The doctor said I'll be fine, so I'll be fine. I paused. And since when do you care about bruises on someone's face? Seeing as though you beat up on Cherry on a regular. Now who's in whose business, he said. And just so you know, Cherry like when I fuck her up. So I ain't doing shit she not into. He was telling me something I already knew, but didn't understand. When I pulled up to my house, he said, I'm gonna walk you inside. I guess there's no way I can convince you not to, huh? No, he said, following me. When I opened the door to my house, Shirley was sitting on the couch looking at TV until she saw me. She stood up and said, why the fuck would you leave that baby in here by itself? I told her I wasn't watching that weed smelling baby, I said, putting my keys on the table by the door. I didn't bother telling her what happened to me tonight because I knew she wouldn't care. Shirley stepped closer to me and said, you need your ass kicked for that shit. And who gonna do it? I said with my hands on my hips. She looked at me and then Callie. Shirley, get the fuck out of my face. I continued walking around her. She looked as if she wanted to hit me. And I don't know if the look in my eyes or the look in Callie's told her it would be a dumb move. When we got to my room, I tried to organize it a little bit because my clothes were everywhere due to trying to look cute for Jace tonight. At least I didn't have to worry about Shirley's stinky ass clothes being in here anymore. I finally got the room all to myself. One of the gifts she gave me for taking care of her. The good thing about it was when I got with Jace, I didn't have to do those things anymore. Okay, Callie, I'm in my room and I'm fine now, so you can leave. You gonna take a shower? Why? Because I want to make sure you're in the bed safe before I go, he said, standing in the middle of the floor.
Then he looked out of the window as if the man who kidnapped me earlier was still outside. I knew he was in the hospital, though, because the cops shot him up pretty badly. Okay, well, I'm going to take a shower and you can stay till I get out. All right. Callie looked around everywhere, and I realized then he had never been in my room before. Your room looks just like I imagined. Real pretty, like a girl's. Callie, why'd you used to watch over me so much? You needed me. To protect you. What made you think that? Because I know what Charles used to do to you, he said, picking up a Polaroid picture in my room of me, tripping Connie. I don't know what you're talking about. I know you don't, he smiled slyly. Well, you can sit down, Callie. I paused, grabbing my baby blue nightgown out of my dresser. You don't have to stand up looking all creepy and shit. Callie sat on the edge of my bed and I hopped into the shower. The water felt good moving over my body and hair. For the first time since everything happened, reality hit me that I almost died. My father told me that love and money meant always being prepared for anything, and I finally understood what he meant. I was always a strong person, able to deal with whatever, but lately, shit wasn't going my way and I hated it. As I was crying to myself, Callie walked into the bathroom and I wiped the suds away from my eyes. What are you doing in here? I cried, trying my best to cover my naked body with my hands. Get out! Harmony, please, let me take care of you. That's all I want to do. But I don't want you in here, Callie, I said, wiping my tears. Now please leave. Let me hold you, and if you want me to leave after that, I'm out, I promise. Callie took off his shoes and his t-shirt and stepped into the shower in his jeans. I saw scars all over his body that resembled dog bites. What happened to you? I asked seriously, touching one of the scars. Were you bit by a dog or something? Don't worry about that, he said, rubbing my face. Let me worry about you. I don't know about this, Callie, for real. Thoughts of how he acted earlier ran through my mind. He was obsessive and unpredictable, and that scared me. If we had sex and I put it on him, who knew how he would act then? Please, I just want to make you feel good. Let me do this for you. I finally understood that he worshipped me, and I knew then that Callie would come in handy. When he stood behind me, he massaged my shoulders, and I immediately felt safe. His large hands massaged my body with tenderness and care. Then he took the washcloth and washed my pussy, but it was raw and itchy, so I took the rag from him and did it myself. My stomach started fluttering, and I decided then that I wanted to fuck him. Whenever somebody showed me attention, I wanted to take things to the next level, and I never understood why. I was doing it too rough, he asked me. Nah, I smiled, wiping between my legs. You weren't too rough. Family. Folks. Friends. Listeners. Look, I just want to stop right here. We are close to the end of this chapter. We're close to the end of this episode. I just want to stop right here because I want to explain to y'all what's about to happen next. I read these words. I don't read these books usually unless I've read them before. I don't read these new books before I read them on the show so everything stays authentic. And sometimes... Things happen that just, things that make you say, hmm. Um, so, you know, the, the phrase soaking wet, right? Okay, cool. We all know that phrase. We're all adults. If you're a kid listening to this, what the fuck? If you're an adult listening to this, please send a review. I really thank y'all for the reviews I've gotten recently. I really do appreciate them. One of them made me cry. Two of them made me cry. I actually got a letter from one person. That was really nice. Um... But soaking wet, like to be soaking wet, black folks take the N off that or the G off that motherfucker. soaking wet. I'm soaking wet, man. Like, yo, standing out in this rain, I'm soaking wet. There's the other soaking wet, too. But, you know, I ain't going to get that, you know, you know, but it's soaking wet or it's soaking wet. What it's not is soak and wet. Soak and wet. His jeans were soak and wet. His jeans were soak and wet, and he looked so sexy with the water running all over his body. Really? Out of okay. It's it's a real problem that she has. Like she needs to see a therapist way before this, but she also needs to see a trauma therapist. Like she's been through a lot, and she doesn't even know the half. You want me to leave? He asked, looking up at me. Nah, you can stay. 
He took off his jeans and then his boxers, and I saw his large dick standing before me. Can I kiss you? He asked me. Callie, I'm going to be real with you. If you want to be with me like this, then you have to be able to keep it between me and you. I love Jason my own way, and I don't want to lose him. Can you understand that? I got you, he said seriously. You sure? Yeah, I got you, he smiled. That was his favorite saying, I got you. But I think only he knew what that really meant. Well, you can kiss me. When he kissed me, I was surprised at how soft his lips were. While I fell into his kisses, he parted my legs and into my wet pussy. I wanted him to bust off inside of me, because if Jason didn't come tonight, it would be hard for me to pass a baby off on him later. I needed to get pregnant within weeks of us having sex, because I wasn't sure Jason would want to fuck me again. My mouth opened, and I loved how he felt. The slickness of my juices surrounded his dick, and I hoped he wouldn't get the same irritation Jace had earlier. When he appeared to be enjoying it, so did I. Can I fuck you in your ass? Huh? I said, wiping the water off my face. I want to fuck you in the ass. You gonna let me? Yeah, but uh, don't come in my ass. I want you to come inside of me. He turned me around and didn't enter me right away. Instead, he bent down, took two fingers, and slipped them in my asshole. Then he took his fingers out and sucked them. Look. Oh, yeah, right. This nigga likes eating shit. Oh, my God. Oh, I forgot about that shit. He did it again and again, and I thought it was so weird. What exactly is he into? Use the bathroom today? He asked me, looking up at me. What? Did you take a bowel movement today? Earlier, why? You smell something? Nah, but he seemed to be disappointed, so he stood up and fucked me in the ass for a little while before turning me around and re-entering my pussy. I had to admit, he was the right size and I liked that about him. I was caught up in the feeling and had my eyes closed for most of the time, but Callie appeared to not look away from me once. I'm feeling you, Harmony, he said seriously. He lifted me up so my legs surrounded his waist and my back pressed against a wet shower wall. We were so caught up in the moment that I didn't hear Shirley enter the bathroom. Hold up. I know goddamn well y'all ain't fucking in my house, Shirley said, moving the shower curtain open, exposing our nakedness. I jumped down and stepped outside the shower. Callie didn't bother to cover his naked body. Bitch, get out of here, I yelled, walking towards the door to push her out. Harmony, if you want to fuck so bad, you better get your own place. Shirley, get the fuck out of here before I go off. I'm serious. Oh. It's okay for me to lick you and suck Charles's dick for all these years, but if someone else wants to be with me and make me feel good, it's a problem? It was the first time I'd ever talked about what she and Charles made me do out loud to her with someone else in the room. Embarrassed, Shirley finally walked out of the room. When she was gone, Callie looked at me strangely. What do you mean, lick you and suck Charles's dick? He asked seriously. Nigga, seriously? Like, the fuck do you mean? What does she mean? What the fuck do you think she meant? Like, are you... <sighs> okay. Callie, I don't want to talk about it, okay? All right. But whatever happened between y'all is not your fault. I wish I could kill everyone who takes advantage of kids when they can't help themselves. He appeared to go somewhere else in his mind, and I kissed him softly on the chest, bringing him back to reality. Let's just worry about us, Okay. He lifted me back up, and I wrapped my legs around his waist. His hand rested on the wall for support as he drilled into my pussy over and over again. As he pushed deeper into my cave, I felt my body shiver. My cave. Who would have ever thought that me and Callie would be like this together? He was in sync with me, and I was in sync with him. Mm, you feel so good, I told him. I wish I could stay inside you forever. He placed both hands on the wall, and I wrapped my legs around him tighter. He pushed in and out of me over and over, and I could feel his throbbing dick. I'm, I'm coming, Harmony. Damn, your pussy feels so good. It's okay to come inside me, I told him. I'm on the pill. And then he did it. He released himself inside of my pussy. I hope this worked for my plan, and I hope Callie wouldn't be too weird afterwards. I guess only time would tell. And before long, that's exactly what it did. Everybody's fucking everybody in this group. So let's see. The only person who hasn't fucked her now is Tony, I believe. And Tony was giving her looks like, you next. And 
Um, so Paco and Callie and whatever the other nigga's name is, Krayshawn, they've all fucked and <sighs> friends. How many of us have them friends? The ones who fuck your girlfriend friends. How many of us have them friends? That nigga stuck his fingers up her ass and tried to eat her shit. That nigga tried to eat her shit. Like, that's it. That's the whole sentence. That's just, I couldn't even finish the fucking song. That is wild and crazy, kids. For real. 916-633-1537. Wretched and Ratchet at gmail.com. Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. You can leave a review on Spotify. It takes like 13 seconds. You can also leave a review on uh, Podchaser. Copy and paste that in the Apple Podcasts. And then copy and paste that into the Good Pods app. You can donate to the show at patreon.com slash single simulcast. One dollar will get you a ton of content. Uh, you can also donate to the show at buymeacoffee.com slash sscast. Or on the Good Pods app. You can leave a tip in the tip jar. Thank you so much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. I'm going to holler at you later. Peace. and outro to Ratchet Book Club is by That Kid Garan and it's called Goodbyes. You can email him at tkgbeats94 at gmail.com for more information on how to lease this beat. This is Single Simulcast. Don't know about now,